There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed, song of the redeemed. Thank you once again for tuning into our Wednesday edition of the podcast. We'd like to welcome each and every one of our listeners. We certainly thank the Lord for each and every one of you. And we are here at the Black Creek Baptist Church still, and we thank the Lord for that. And uh, the Lord has been good to us in the meetings. We thank the Lord for what he's doing. We thank the Lord for the profitability of the word of God. It's been a help. It has been a blessing. And God has used his word for all these years to speak to men's hearts, if they will not harden their hearts. We'll be back tonight at 6 p.m. and have another service then at 7 as well. And then be here through Friday. And then Sunday, Lord willing, we'll be at the Anchor Baptist Church over in Wellsville, New York for Sunday school, Sunday morning, and then on Sunday night at 6 p.m. And we certainly look forward to being with the folks there. They've been longtime supporters of the ministry. And we thank the Lord for, for the Cassiole and the folks at Anchor. We're back in Hebrews and we're going to be in chapter four today. Uh, we spoke of some of this yesterday. We'll see how far we go in chapter four. But we're going to start with this. He said, let us therefore fear. Why? Because of verse 19 of chapter 3, so we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Therefore, we fear because of that. And people have asked me about this examination. You know, should you always examine? Do you, should you fear when you examine? And I've said, yes, I believe you should. I believe there ought to be cords of fear stricken upon your heart, even as a saved person. And somebody says, well, if you know you're saved. And I said, well, you know, I know that I'm saved, but let me fear. Why? He said, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. And could it be that I could come short of it? Well, I'd be a fool to not examine myself in light of that. Go on past experiences and past notions and past feelings. And therefore we need to fear. He commands us to fear. It's not wrong to fear to examine. It's not wrong to stop and take heed and look at my life and look at the fruit of my life and then look at the word of God and say, is this indeed, am I falling short of the rest of Jesus Christ? Because Satan can deceive greatly. There are going to be many in that day. They're going to say, Lord, Lord. And there will be many that will stand before him. Did we not prophesy in that name? Did many wonderful works? And what's he going to say? Depart from me. Why? Because they did not enter into his rest. They fell short of the rest of God. What does God mean to fall short? Does it mean that we didn't work enough? We didn't obtain enough? We have a progressive salvation? We need to come slowly to God, work our way to God? What does it mean? Well, it simply means this. You've never been born of God. You've never had the new birth. And that can be deceitful. You can be so deceived in that. And friend, let me just fear a little bit and say, I can be deceived in that. And others could say, you know, I believe Brother McVeigh has the new birth. I see the evidence of God in him, and I take their word for it. I see Brother McVeigh, boy, he just loves the Lord. And I say, oh, yes, I do. 
They say, oh, Brother McVeigh, just what a great preacher. And, oh, what a man of God. I know he's saved. We go, oh, yes, I am. And I believe there's multitudes out there. That's how they live. And somebody just lauds them. And, oh, what a great preacher. And, oh, what a great man. Look at the congregation. Look at the size of his church. Look at what he's done. I believe that's why there's many, many, many preachers that are going to perish in their iniquity. They're going to come short of that rest. Why are they going to fall short? Because the wages of sin is death. And they've never come to the reality that their sin has damned them and their sin has condemned them. And so therefore he told us to fear. So when you examine yourself, you do examine yourself in fearfulness. You examine yourself knowing that you yourself could fall short of that rest. I don't care how great a preacher you are. I don't care how mighty of a man you are. I don't care how strong of a woman you are. I don't care what a great Sunday school teacher you are. I don't care if you sang in the choir for 53 and a half years. You fall short of that rest. It's eternal. Therefore, let us fear. There's no fear of God today. There's no fear of hell today. There's no fear. Why? Because everybody's relying on a profession, on words they said, on a mantra they provided them, and they quote the mantra, they quote the prayer, they live their life, and there's no changed life in Christ, no life hid with God in Christ, no revelation of secrets of the heart, and they live their life proclaiming that they know Jesus Christ. I've known men who've been converted. It took two to three years to even get them to realize. I'm talking about sitting every week under Bible preaching to even acknowledge that maybe I don't have salvation. I've known others who've been under the preaching for a dozen to 15 years who still haven't acknowledged their need of salvation. I know some that have come close. They put themselves under Bible preaching. They surround themselves with Bible uh, doctrine. They put themselves in the house of God where the word of God is proclaimed in power and they sit there and then they finally say, you know, I'll just go somewhere a little bit easier. And they take the way out of marriage or they take the way out of family or a job change or whatever excuse they can come up with. And they go, they say, well, we go to a like-minded church. You know, let me tell you what like-minded means to me. It's a sin-hating, hell-preaching, Christ-exalting, King James Bible-only salvation, doctrinal, repentance-required church that tells people the truth of the Word of God, that would be a like-minded church. Now, people say, well, that's the kind of church I attend. Well, when you get to the nitty-gritty of doctrine, you'll find out that, no, they don't really believe the doctrines of the King James Bible. They believe Greek philosophies. Uh, they believe Greek mythology. They believe uh, you know Protestant understanding, but they do not believe the Bible. But folks, so have masqueraded themselves that they're Bible believers, that they can pick and choose. And my friend, they can go to a church that believes the opposite of what I believe, and they say, well, we believe the same thing you do. Or they teach against the doctrine of the soul of Jesus Christ, preach against the doctrine of the soul of Jesus Christ, and that is not the same doctrine that I preach from the Word of God. Entering into his rest, they preach a different doctrine about what his rest is. Today, they preach a different doctrine about what his rest is. And so that we need to fear. We need to make sure that the Bible lines up with what God has done for us. He said, for unto us was the gospel preached. He's writing this to the Hebrews. As well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So he tells you right there, by the way, let this just bother you hyper-dispensationalists. The gospel was preached unto us as well as unto them. Who is that? It's those that came short of his rest. 
It's chapter 3. It's the children of Israel in the wilderness. They came short of his rest, even though the gospel was preached unto them. You say, well, how was the gospel preached unto them? Because Jesus Christ is seen throughout the law. Jesus Christ is seen throughout the commands of God. They had some Psalms in those days. They had prophets in those days. They had Moses, a prophet of God, to tell them. And the word of God said the gospel was preached to them and to us. And what happened? They did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. It was just black words on a white page. And that's really where most folks fall short. Because there is no fear, they fear the black words, but they don't fear the doctrine. They fear the words on the page, but they don't fear the word of God in the heart. And therefore, they can't reconcile the two. They have truth or a preponderance of truth. They have intellectual truth. They have truth in their mind, but they don't have truth in their inward parts. When you start preaching on the inward parts, you start finding people get out of sorts with you. You'll lose friends. You'll lose fellowship. You'll have folks that'll uh, cut you off because all of a sudden now truth inwardly is being explained and they don't have truth inwardly and there's no fear to seek out those inward things and they fall short of that rest that God wants to provide. And what a tragedy it is. Folks I've preached to, folks I've gone to church with, I've had folks in the last six months that I've sat with and preached to them and shared the gospel with them and told them what they needed to hear. And they shook their heads and said, no, that's not enough. And they have perished since that day. I know a preacher friend of ours who's listening probably to this podcast. Many of you familiar with the situation. And he had some folks that left his church uh, on a Sunday a couple of weeks ago. And said, we'll see you next Sunday. And I don't know if it was that day or the next couple of days. They were hit head on. The lady has perished at the time of this recording. The man has not perished, but most likely, unless there's a miracle involved, is going to perish. They have no other chance. They have no other opportunity. The things they heard as of that Sunday are finished. It's done. And I don't know if they're saved or if they're lost. Their pastors know if they're saved or if they're lost. But their opportunity to be saved is over. Today, if you will hear his voice, that's not scare tactics. I had a man said to me, he said, you know, I've heard preachers for years tell stories about this kind of thing, but I've never experienced it until now. And now we've experienced it. Now we've seen it. Now it's happened amongst the midst of some of the brethren. And to have to deal with that, to understand that, that it could have been me. It could have been my family. It could have been my children. It could have been your children. And all the tragedy, the awfulness to know that there's no more chance, there's no more opportunity, and if you've come short of that rest, it's forever. It's eternal. And what happened? There was no faith mixed with the Word of God. They could not believe what God said. And so many today would say they have faith, but what they have faith, they have faith in Protestant instruction. They have faith in baptism. They have faith in works. They have faith in what they've done. They have faith that they intellectually believe a few facts on a piece of paper that somebody gave them and said, do you believe this? Okay, this is salvation. And they'll cling to that until they die. But where's repentance? Where is that turning from and turning to? Where is that change of mind over your sin and over your life and over this manner of Jesus Christ? Where is it you've come to the end of yourself? Where is it you've finished with your way, and you decide to take God's way. God requires that for salvation. You don't just add works to faith. You just don't add works to your ideals and 
go through the motions of whether it's membership or baptism or, or a mantra or a prayer or a covering or a sprinkling or a dunking. You don't add those things to faith. Faith, my friend, is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, and you'll never have faith without hearing the word of God. You cannot believe this great God of heaven. You can, you can see the facts all you want, but if you've not heard the word of God, you can't believe he's God. There's a lot of folks make gods of their own thinking. The devil's content to do that. He's content to give you a God of your own thinking, of your own ways. In verse 3, for we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath that they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. So it's been available for all these years. You can enter into this rest. It is a possibility. You and I can enter into this rest. Glory be to, in fact, he said on this wise, for we which have believed do enter into rest. Why? Because we believe the word of God, that inward belief, that belief of the heart, that inward change where God has translated us. He's taken us into the kingdom of his dear son. And my friend, we now believe the words of God, but we still need to fear. Lest we come short, the awfulness of the promise of being left, of us entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. What an awful thing. What a terrible thing. What a tragedy to miss out on God because you fell short by not believing the word of God. He said, the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest. So he tells us as God rested after the seventh day, God rested that seventh day from all his works. And then he offered us that rest that we might enter in. Verse 16, therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein. And they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. And so again, he says they didn't enter in because of unbelief, but you and I can enter in through Jesus Christ. But we've got to believe the gospel. And again, hyper-dispensationalists, well, it's a different day, it's a different grace, a different gospel. The gospel has never changed. The gospel is a singular gospel. It is the death of Jesus Christ according to the scriptures. It is the resurrection of Jesus Christ according to the scriptures. For he said, I delivered unto you, first of all, how that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen of Cephas and of twelve. After that, he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remained of this present, but some are fallen asleep. And he goes on and tells us who else saw him. We know he's resurrected. We know he's alive. And he did it according to the scriptures. And the children of Israel had the scriptures. To them were given the oracles of God, but they would not enter into that rest. Why? Because it was first preached unto them, but they would not believe. It's no different today. I've heard so many excuses why people are still lost. So many excuses why people can't come to Christ. So many excuses why people just can justify, well, you know, I just this, and I just don't believe this, and I think I'm waiting for this, and I just think I'm waiting for God to pass by. He's already passed by when he preached the gospel to you. He's already passed by when he spoke to you. He already passed by when he condemned you. He's already passed by when he's convicted you. What more do we need? We need to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. And how do you know you believe in your heart? Because all of a sudden, you'll be at rest. There will be peace. There will be joy. 
There will be love. There will be faith. And I could go on and on. God himself wants you to enter into that rest. So today, if you will hear his voice and harden not your hearts, today, if you will hear his voice, that promise of rest is available to whosoever will. We'll be back, Lord willing, tomorrow in chapter four. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning and he longs to return to the Lord as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption calleth not. Now the angels of God are rejoicing for the promise.